0: Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest today is Marcus Kerwald. As a young man, Marcus found God after being healed twice while living in his native Germany. Today, Marcus works as a textile engineer in New York City. He also runs the Ark Healing Rooms, a group that meets every other Saturday in New York City where anyone can come and receive prayer for healing. In this episode, Marcus talks about the power of prayer at work, practical advice for how to be more confident in hearing God's voice, and testimonies of people who have experienced healing. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Marcus online at dawnsadler.com slash 028. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by our free online workshop, Create, Commit, Conquer, How to Get Unstuck, Achieve Your Goals, and Fulfill Your Calling. Sign up to attend this free online training at DonSadler.com slash webinar. And now, let's meet Marcus. Hi Marcus, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Dawn, thanks for having me.
0: I'm so excited that you're here and I'm in particular very excited because today is a really big day for you. Something super exciting happened this morning. Tell us about that.
1: Exactly. I literally just became American citizen. I was just sworn in a few hours ago.
0: That's incredible. Incredible. So we, this is your first official act as an American citizen?
1: Exactly. Excellent. <laughs> Who would have thought? I guess it's all about timing.
0: <laughs> well, you have some, um, just some incredible stories um, to share, um, specifically around healing and what God is doing here in New York City, in that area, um, as well as some great testimonies from your workplace uh, that I'm so excited to jump into in a little bit. But before we do that, um, why don't you take a moment and just introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Okay, my name is Markus Kierwald. I'm originally from Germany. I'm a textile engineer. Uh, I became a Christian when I was 18. Well, actually more so 21 because it's always like that yes and no and halfway in and halfway out and what have you. And it was probably more so through an supernatural encounter I had through a physical healing, so to speak. I had breast cancer when I was 18, Hmm. as a a very, very rare thing. And at that time, I wasn't even a Christian yet. But after the fact, I realized and I knew through prophetic word that God healed me that time. So that's obviously gave me some thoughts, food for thought. And a few years later, I had a major problem with my liver. where It came to a point where I almost needed a new liver. And again, through prophetic words and through a lot of prayer, God just healed me again supernaturally. So I knew that healing is available, that it's out there, but I never really thought that I would be able or that we are all able to go out and literally lay hands on the sick and pray for them. So I literally became a Christian, obviously, Uh, studied textile, had a good life, traveled the world for 19 years and was more in the world than in the church, literally. I was a a churchgoer on Sundays and during the week I just did what I felt was okay, which obviously wasn't. And... I had my life literally planned out. I wanted to get married. I had an incredible house in Germany. I had a beautiful family. My parents were literally living uh, in an apartment just below me. And we just had a great connection and everything. And then 2008, literally my world fell apart. Literally everything fell apart. 2006, my father passed away on lung cancer. He was a very strong Christian. Two years later, my mother on blood cancer, and three weeks before my mother passed away, the girl who I I wanted to get married to walked out of me. Today, I can say, thank God. Yeah. That time, obviously, it was devastating, and I was very, very close to walk away from God. And then he literally supernaturally opened the door for me to come to America again, where it was like I would never leave Germany again. But through all the circumstances that happened in 2008, I just saw that open door, wide open in front of me, and without thinking too much, the childlike face, so to speak, I left everything behind within a week and came to America and started a new life, which was the beginning obviously of a journey, not that everything fell in place, that everything was cool. I had a lot of uh, hard times where I was like oh my god what am I doing here I've worked off my butt because of the company literally it was the internal transfer from Germany to New York so I, I knew what I was getting into to a point but it was an incredible challenge which I love in a way but I came to a point after two and a half or three years where I was like lord what am I doing here I don't think you brought me to New York to just work off my butt and all he said get yourself involved I I went to different churches, three churches, literally, but I was no, no nowhere plugged in. I just went there, got something out of it, went back to work, literally. And then when God told me, just get yourself involved, I stopped going to two different churches, went to one church in particular, and I got myself involved, you know, volunteering and what have you, where I met my best friends here, still to this day, and where I didn't just grew in my walk with God. And that's when the whole thing Literally started where I start doing things I would have never thought possible doing, and where I start saying things I would have never thought possible doing, or hmm. saying.
0: Hmm. That's such a great story. Um, there's, uh, it, as is true with every single one of our guests, there's so many different directions that we could that we could go in. But I want to. Um, I want to focus on some some things that you, some testimonies that you told me in the workplace. so you had this shift, you came to New York, um, you focused on one community, you got plugged in, you said yes to God when he said it's time to get involved um, and I'm really interested in how that kind of got outworked in your work life. I think a lot of people, when they hear the words, oh, God is saying get involved, maybe that means go to church on Sunday or maybe go to a community group during the week. But saying yes to God means saying yes in every single area of our life. And so talk to me a little bit about how that shift, um, what changed in your workplace as a result of that shift? Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, yeah, God wants everything from us. Not only part of it, he wants 100% from us. Yeah. That's what he paid for on the cross. So I didn't know that for the longest, obviously. That's why I did what I was doing in the past. Now I regret that I did it, but I guess it's a learning process and it's all about timing when you literally have the revelation like, "Whoa, why would I want to do this? Why would I want to do things that's going to help my relationship with God? So I came to a point where I was like, I want to see those things that's written in the Bible. I have mm-hmm. that childlike face. He told us to go out to lay hands on the sick, pray for the sick, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead even. I'm like, yep, yeah, we read it, but what are we doing? So again, I had both parts. I got healed twice on my own body, and I saw both of my parents pass away, mm. even though we prayed. So I was like, okay, what's wrong with that picture? And through me being involved in the church and just volunteering and meeting the right people, uh, I got introduced to a men's prayer meeting where we had visitors from uh, a church up in Northern California called Bethel, and where there's always so much supernatural going on. And I saw those things, and I was like, I want that. I want that. And I never knew that, uh, here again, that we, have the, the, that we are commissioned to do the same thing. So uh, one day I walked up to a guy and I said, hey, can you pray for me? I want this. So I stretched out my hands and he said, well, you have it, just go and do it. He didn't even pray for me. I was like, thanks, but no thanks. (laughs) But I literally did what he said. I just started praying for people because I had that desire. I so wanted it. I believe that's what's written in the Bible that it's still true for today. And that's what changed the whole thing. And then I just stepped out of my comfort zone and started doing things I would have never thought possible. Praying literally for people at work and everywhere I went to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You have a really great story about, a really great testimony um, in particular. And again, we're going to talk about the healing a lot more. I have a lot of questions about that, and um, I'm excited to get into that. But um, there was a, a particular testimony that you shared with me about a time when you, the company that you work for um, was going through a really difficult time, and you, and you prayed around that. Tell us what happened.
1: It's uh, working in textile. It's always not the easiest industry. We make knitting machines. And obviously there's a huge competition out there and our production is going to Asia anyway, or at that time, I uh, went to Asia. So we had really good years, but then it came to a point where here in New York, we were debating whether or not to close office because it was just not worth doing it anymore. And obviously, like I often do, I walk around and just pray for the company, pray for our CEO, for everybody involved, for, yeah, for everybody, even the customers coming through the door. And Basel has a ministry called Heaven in Business. And I was very intrigued about the whole thing. So I reached out to them and me being up there very often, I literally met those people. And when they had ministry, a ministry team coming to New York, they invited or I, I invited them to come to our office. And they came three times in total. And you know, not that they tell you what to do, how to run a business, they just pray, prophesy over the Uh, office and over the people and so on and so that's what we did a few times and obviously then you're like, okay Lord, what's going on, what's going on and I didn't really see anything until last year. We got involved in a huge company and we signed the biggest deal ever in the history of our company here in America and first I was like, sure, that was awesome and then I was at having a business conference up in Redding, California, just the beginning of the year and then he reminded me remember, you guys prayed for this? Mm. That's, how I, that's how I came through. And I was just like crying because I totally forgot to let come back to him and say, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Because it wasn't what I did or what our company did. It was really what he did. Yeah. He brought the right people together and that customer who signed that deal or we signed the deal with is also a Christian. So that itself is already a testimony on its own. Yeah. So it's all those divine things where we just have to like, yeah, pray for it, believe it and wait until it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think here's the thing that I think is really good to know. I, you know we talked to a lot of um, we talk to a lot of people on the podcast who own their own business, and I think that people might feel like, oh, I have to be the CEO of the company in order to um, pray around it, but you don't. You can pray for a miracle in your company. You know, God's no respecter of persons. So whoever is faithful in their prayer, whatever their position is or whatever... Whatever their contribution is in the company, God is faithful regardless, right? And totally. so people who are maybe in a company or maybe in an industry where they're feeling like things are getting, you know, they're, they're worried about their future, they're worried about their job, or they're worried about these things. Uh, that's not what you said, but it's somebody who might be experiencing that, that they have the power right where they are to pray into that. Um, and so I think that's I think that's so exciting. You had another really great testimony about somebody who um, walked in just by walking into the place where you work. He sensed something in the atmosphere that was different. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, obviously, if we know who we are in Him, wherever we go, we change atmosphere. Yeah. But we often don't realize it. And one day at our office, I. I was up on mezzanine, we have a mezzanine level and when somebody walks into our big showroom actually, uh, I hear when they talk down with the receptionist and that guy didn't even have to talk, he actually yelled out of the bottom of his lungs, he said, every time I come in here I feel like praying. And I sat on my desk, I was like, first, did I just hear what I heard?
0: <laughs> so,
1: and he said it again, even louder than every time I come in here, I feel like praying. So I walked down and I greeted him. I said, Hey, Alex, let's go to the back. I felt a little bit uncomfortable. So I sat him down and I said, so are you a Christian? He said, not even close to it. But wow. every time I've come in here, I feel something I've never felt before. Also, that opened the conversation, which I probably would have never brought up. Yeah. But he sensed it, so he couldn't say, well, yeah, whatever. Because he knew there was something. And he said, Marcus, if it wasn't for you, I would not be open to what you just said. Mm. So that also changed the whole thing. And the guy was not the same ever since.
0: Wow. Wow. What would you tell somebody? You know, earlier we just talked about how um, in the kingdom... You know, everybody walks around as sons and daughters in their workplace and everywhere else. So for somebody who is hearing you share these testimonies and is maybe thinking, you know, how can I be more impactful at work? What are some things that I can do in my workplace to shift the atmosphere or to bring those miracles into the place that I work? What are some things that you would tell them just practically that they can do?
1: First honestly knowing who I am in him. Yeah. Knowing my identity. Because if I doubt that God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever, then I have a hard time to literally display that. Yeah. So if I walk in with confidence, no matter what it is, whether it's in a meeting or whether in an awkward conversation or whatever, and I'm like, uh, that doesn't go well in a way. But if I walk in with confidence and I speak in love and in authority, with God's presence, that's going to change everything. I've seen it so many times. Just like being me, not trying to be somebody else. Uh, I love that phrase: "You're born an original; don't die a copy."
2: Yeah.
1: We always try to be somebody else, and we are so busy being somebody else, and we're always going to be seconds. Yeah. So if I do what God calls me to do, and if I hear God, uh, and I'm doing what I'm hearing, everything changes around me. Yeah. And that's what people then sense: like He is just not the same anymore. What is it about him? Yeah. People naturally come toward you and they ask you and they're very, very open.
0: Yeah. Is there something during your... So um, I'm just curious about your day in general. Are there... um, There's different different, um, ways to approach this. Some people kind of pray throughout the day. Some people actually stop what they're doing at certain points of the day and just like find a quiet place to pray. Um, How does prayer work for you at work
1: it's almost like the 24 7 connection with him yeah uh i used to literally like pray a little bit in the morning and then i forgot about thing, and then maybe in the evening a little bit and then maybe throughout the week and then on sunday oh maybe i should be praying yeah and it's like motion is more important than motivation yeah. So I rather, once I'm in it and I'm excited about something, I keep going, I keep going. A little bit here, a little bit there. And that's so exciting when you see a breakthrough and you just go from next level to the next level to the next level. Yeah. And then it's easy to to pray constantly. I don't have to go to the bathroom or whatever, find a quiet spot and pray, which I still do every now and then. But it's like, you never know who you run into getting a coffee. Boom. Hey, how are you? But just asking in a different way than like, Good, how are you? Boom, walk away. No, how are you really? How are you really? Just reading between lines. Uh, because it's almost like that interaction with people, like, Lord, what do you want me to say? What would you do? How do you see those people? And me seeing people through his eyes and saying what I hear my father say makes a whole lot of difference in every meeting I am. So it's not like it's awkward or I uh, sit there and praying. It's just like constantly, constantly hearing something and saying something.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So all day long, literally praying and thank you, Lord, uh, Lord, uh, what what do you want me to do? And just acting on it when I hear Him acting on it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel to ask you um, when I, for somebody who's listening to this podcast, you know, there's some people who are listening and they and we say I hear from God throughout my workday, and they know exactly what that means and they experience that. And maybe for some people, it feels more intermittent, like sometimes they hear him, sometimes they don't. And then there might be people on this, listening to this podcast who are like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't hear from him. I, I, I've tried, I just don't. So um, what would you say, how, explain to us what it means when you hear God speak to you during the day, and understanding that we're going to have listeners at every end of that spectrum, mm-hmm. what does it mean to you when you when you say, I hear God talk to me throughout the day?
1: I mean, also, there are so many different scenarios, especially when I'm in a meeting. I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to say? And when I sense something, then I don't ask him, do you really want me to say that? Or what do you want me to say? And I try not to lean on my own understanding anymore, and I just say it, especially when it doesn't make sense. Mm. then I trust him, that he that I heard him right, and then I say it. And then when literally people are like, well, did he just say that in a positive way? Then I know I heard him. Yeah. That makes me more comfortable, obviously. I don't go back and forth, Lord, do you really want me to do this? And by the time I'm going to spit it out, it's not the same anymore. It's too late or whatever. I'm just like hearing, applying, hearing, applying. And obviously the more we do it, the more comfortable we get. and then I hear my father's voice wherever I am whether it's in a a concert or whether it's a very quiet environment we hear more than we know and I guess the most important thing is really acting on what we're hearing or applying what we're hearing it's so important otherwise we're never going to get confidence we're never going to hear to learn his voice uh, the shepherd's voice if we don't act on it
0: we're never going to get to know it yeah, yeah. It's so true. I think that's such a good point. I don't think anybody's really talked about that on the show before, that it really is just a building of a confidence. You just, he tells you something, you say yes. And I do think you're right. I think what we often think is intuition or something like that. What? We don't always recognize that that as God's voice, and so when we speak, and then we get that confirmation, and then we do it again, and we do it again, and we do it again, and that's how we just continually open up that line of communication with God, who is always speaking to us. Oh
2: yeah, totally.
0: Um, I think that's I think that's really helpful. Um, so I want to talk about I want to talk about the healing rooms. There's one question I'm just dying to ask you, so I'm just going to jump in there, and then we can put this. in. The context is actually going to come later in mm-hmm. this case. Um, but uh, as someone who was healed twice, and then um, you prayed over your your mom and your dad, and they passed away, and I have lost a, a parent as well. I know that I know the pain of that. Um, this is like the million dollar question, right? How do you reconcile someone who has been healed yourself and yet praying for a loved one who does not get healed?
1: Yeah, that's really that $1 million question. And I've been at a few conferences and uh, healing schools at Bethel and so on. And obviously those guys with that incredible anointing, they always get that uh, question asked, what do you do if you pray and somebody doesn't get healed? Yeah. And the best answer I heard so far is like, we just have to be okay with it. Yeah. Because we try to make it like, okay, well, the person didn't have enough faith, which is always the, the worst thing ever. We yeah. can't tell anybody else, you don't have enough faith. It's us yeah. when we pray for somebody. Uh, and it's really like the only person who prayed over people and everybody got prayed for was Jesus. Right. Yeah. So if we want to see more and more people getting healed, then we have to be like him, and that means like we have to spend time with him. We have to literally like get to know him. We have to listen to his voice, and then the more we pray for people, the more we see people getting healed. And not spending too much time on why that person didn't get healed. Ask him, Lord, why, why, why. I often feel like I ask the wrong questions because if I ask the wrong question, I don't get the answer I would expect. And then I get disappointed and then I should back off a little bit. And then it takes me longer again to to pray for somebody
2: Mm -hmm. instead
1: of like, Lord, I know you don't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing he can do. He can't fail. Yeah. So why would I question it? Why would I spend time on something that didn't happen, then rather rather going forward and pray for those other people? They're probably going to get healed. Yeah. So I just have to be okay with it, which is not easy, obviously, especially when it comes to your parents or close friends and whatever, or or you knew those people were going to get healed, and they didn't get healed, and they passed away. It's like, it's very, very hard, but it's really like, Lord, I trust you no matter what, and I keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about, let's put this all in context, because you're actively involved in, um, in healing here in New York City, and you actually do something called Healing Rooms. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. After... I literally experienced the healing through my own hands. I was like so hungry for it and I still am Honestly, I I still want to see those greater things than what he did. And I led a a group on Thursdays called the Ark and it was literally just, we had no agenda, no nothing, people just came together from different churches and we activated people and because of the anointing I have and I have was brave enough to step out of my comfort zone and pray for people I've seen more and more healing and people reached out to me from all kind of different walks of life and at one time I was like Lord there's only so much I can do and then he just said activation so we literally started activating people in that group and it was exciting then hearing people coming back the next week and saying oh my God I just prayed for somebody and that person got healed I was like that's kind of exciting so I almost stepped back a little bit and rather focused on Activating other people because the multiplication is obviously much, much higher than if I do everything by myself. And then I had a prophetic word over the group that the layout is going to be different one day. Not really in specific what it's going to be. I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing anyway, so I may as well just wait on God. And then just a few weeks later, it hit me on a Saturday where we had a worship slash prayer event going on, and I knew it's going to be the healing rooms. Because I experienced it uh, at Bessel. They have a healing room every Saturday. And it's just a beautiful experience. People flying from around the world just to receive prayer. And the testimony I was coming out of that, church is just like out of this world, in a way. And I was like, yeah, okay. Lord, if that's what you want me to do, I will do it. And then we started, literally, uh, two friends of mine, the three of us, we started. And we're like, okay, we're not gonna do a a lot of training. We're not gonna wait a couple of years until we're gonna start. We don't know what we're doing anyway, so we may as well just start and let God do what he is best in, healing other people, people.
0: Yeah, so these are rooms that uh, happen, correct me if I'm wrong, but these are rooms that take place here in New York City. They happen in the evenings and anyone from anywhere in the city can come to these healing rooms and get prayer for healing, is that correct?
1: Exactly. We, yeah. it started first on a Thursday night but then we felt like obviously New York City crazy town people are traveling and so on so we start doing it on a Saturday from 11 to 2pm 11am yeah. to 2pm every other Saturday right now Yeah, and we have volunteers from all kind of different churches we are not a church thing we had a prophetic word over the group not to make a church thing out of it because mm. the goal is to bring the churches together activate people that people go back to their churches and literally Light the fire up within that church. Yeah. And it's just a beautiful thing. And yeah, everybody can come, Christians, non Christian. And we have people coming in by train, one to all, sometimes from Jersey or to wherever, just to come to receive prayer.
0: Wow. Wow. And just for our listeners, um, just so there's not any confusion, it is called the Ark, but it's different than um, the Ark, which is the associated, uh, Association of Related Churches. They're two different things. Just to, um, just to clear that up, tell me some of the testimonies that you have, um, that you've witnessed or been a part of in the healing rooms.
1: Oh, there's so many, <laughs> uh, which is amazing, obviously. Uh, in the healing rooms just the other day actually we had somebody's leg growing out again by mm-hmm. half an inch mm-hmm. which is something obviously it's you have to see those things in order to believe it yeah it's also like with every healing and i know a lot of christians are out there they're like i don't believe in those things because i haven't experienced it yeah and i totally get it i yeah. was at the same point if i wouldn't have experienced the healing on my own body wouldn't have seen my mother's leg growing out a half year before she passed away i probably would still doubt it yeah so it's like with everything, If I never heard God's voice, it's like, uh, hmm, I don't know how that is. But once you experience it, you're just like, oh my God, I want more of it. So, leg growing out is one thing, uh, ears popping up obviously, deaf people, uh, hearing all of a sudden again. We had an elderly gentleman coming with his wife the other day from a church on the Upper East Side, I mean, the intercessors, beautiful, beautiful couple. And you could tell the the minute they walked into the room, they carried so much in. And he just shared a testimony with us the other day. He could barely walk anymore. He barely made it to a taxi to come to downtown and what have you. And he literally said, I got new legs. Hmm. He's walking like on clouds. He has so much energy. It's like, he's never experienced something like this in his life. And just by us praying over it and just like, yeah, letting it go. That's obviously a beautiful testimony. Uh, We had a woman, she had 25 years headache, and a colleague of mine actually referred her to (laughs) the healing rooms, and we started praying for her, but it's often like, and that's also the experience we have to gain by doing it, doing it, doing it over and over and over again, and not leaning on your own understanding, but listening to what God wants to do in the moment. First, I wanted to go right away after the headache, and she went to every doctor known. She took every medication known and it didn't get any better.
2: Yeah.
1: And then that just sense unforgiveness. Mm. So I literally asked the lady if there's anybody in her life and so on. So she starts sharing. So obviously as this uh, a really bad divorce was really bad. She was abused by her husband and so on. And the minute she said, I forgive you. Quick prayer and the headache left after 25 years and never came back since.
2: Wow. So
1: those little things we experience, uh, experienced, yeah, just knees get, getting replaced. A girl, she literally was supposed to go to a hospital to get a hip replacement. Operation was canceled because everything mm-hmm. was back to normal again. Wow. Just the other day, I don't have any confirmation from a doctor yet, but I believe a steel rod from a girl's uh, spine disappeared. Wow. Because she went home to her father after we prayed for her. And... They hugged each other and he was like, you're taller. And she said, no, 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 no. He said, no, you're taller. And she, she sensed when we prayed for her that something lifted off her. So she literally, she was carried a lot of weight around because of the, uh, the spine it collapsed at one stage and what have you, complicated stuff. And after we prayed and, and she literally received a new spine, she was taller. She mm. was standing a different way. And I was just like, oh my God. Why not? But these are the things which which are written in the bio. We're gonna see greater things than what he did. Yeah. there was no steel around two thousand years ago.
2: Right, right.
1: Well, it's just one of many, many testimonies we have already. Whether it's emotional healing or physical healing, also we go after everything, no matter what.
0: Do you do any follow up? Like, do you have people who you know maybe you talk to them weeks or months later, just about the impact of that healing on their life?
1: Sometimes we do, yeah. We have to get better in that. Obviously, we're, st- we're still a-, a rather small group, yeah. but we literally have a phone. People have to follow out, and now we want to get into that habit also to follow up a little bit. Obviously, we don't want to reach out to people right away. Otherwise, it's almost like a sales pitch or something. Yeah. We always encourage them, please come back, even if it's uh, coming back again or whatever. Please keep coming back and share your testimony. We want to hear your testimony. Because yeah. uh, Obviously, there's uh, a power in the testimony, and we had people sharing testimonies, and somebody else in the room got healed because of the testimony. And nobody even prayed for those people.
2: Wow. wow. Which is
1: obviously very exciting. That's why me personally, for the longest, I didn't share any testimony at all after I saw somebody getting healed. Because I believed in a lie that if I share testimonies, people think that I would brag about myself. Yeah. And one day, then God told me so clearly, you know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have anything to share to start with. I'm like, got a message, and now I can't hold back praying about what God is doing. Yeah. Because it's really to glorify His name, and we never know who needs to hear the testimony. It can't be as little as it wants to be, or a huge testimony. There's always somebody who gets something out of it.
0: Why do you think God has such a heart for healing here in New York City that He would, you know bring you here give you this this um, let's call it a mission or you know whatever we want to call it assignment whatever what is it why do you think God has such a heart for this
1: well it's a in a way it's a, a broken city there are a lot of people they need healing yeah not so much physical but emotional healing mm-hmm. there's so much abuse emotionally obviously physically as well but a lot of emotional healing that needs to happen and obviously God cries over the city. It's yeah. one of the most influential cities in the world. I don't think it's a coincidence that God brought me to New York City. He could have sent me to wherever in the middle of nowhere, but here I am in New York City. And I don't think that for granted. That's why I'm like, okay, I may as well go after the calling, be that original he created me to be, and go after God's heart and after the heart of for his children whether Christian or non-Christian doesn't matter and I see it every single day so many people are so hungry Christians for more non-Christians they look for something they they don't even know what to ask for yeah that's why we have to be out and about and like from Monday to Saturday outside of the church wards where we have to be able to influence people being a good listener and then just like loving the hell out of people yeah literally
0: yeah yeah, Tell me, uh, for somebody who's listening to this who, uh, who has been praying for healing or has a loved one who um, they are praying for healing for and they are thinking right now, where is it? I want to go there right now. Mm-hmm. I want to be there this Saturday. How would they find out where to go and more details about it?
1: Uh, obviously, we're on Facebook, Ark Healing Rooms, and a homepage, archealingrooms.org. Or email info at thearkhealingrooms.org. They can reach out to us anytime. We do even do Skype uh, prayer. Oh, so wow. people, if we yeah, have people from Florida and from all over the place, Skype in. Because obviously it doesn't have to be that you have to be physically in front of us. God works even through Skype or right. through phone call or whatever, even through an email. Right. So also since we don't meet every Saturday and don't always meet at the same location people have to be on social media to follow us and to see where we meet next and then they can just show up anytime between 11am and 2pm and then we just pray for them and let God do what he does
0: yeah and we will include links um, and all that contact information in the show notes but I do think it is um, worth mentioning again because I didn't realize that you could do that by Skype as well we have a lot of listeners in other parts of the country and the mm-hmm. world so, um, so great to reach out um I know you have a lot more testimonies, and uh, we could be here all day, but it is time to um, to bring this to a close. And we like to wrap this up as we always do with what we call our final five five questions designed to resource our listeners. So let's start with: other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life, and why?
1: Uh, that one book is called "You're Born an Original, Don't Die a Copy." Nice. It's kind of a weird title, but it literally changed my life
2: Mm.
1: and the reason why I always tried to be somebody else and it was so tiring and I was always second or even third or whatever and it was obviously everything but satisfying until one day in South Africa at a conference where a friend of mine invited me to speak uh, and I first heard other speakers ahead of me and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make a fool out of myself, the way I talk, my accent, blah, blah, blah. And in a break, I tried to rewrite my, my speech, and my friend who was literally the organizer of the whole thing, he saw me, and he's a very strong Christian as well, and he said, so what are you doing? I'm like, well, Charlie, if I hear all those people, and if I think of what I'm going to say and how I'm going to say it, I'm going to make a fool out of myself. And the only thing he said, Marcus, you're born an original Don't Die a copy. Hmm. Sat down a little bit, we talked over it. Uh, it came to the point where I did my speech and I literally, even my script, I just put away and I spoke what God put on my heart. It was about a business opportunity, actually. It wasn't about uh, no, uh, talking about a gospel. And at the end of the conference, or well, a week after the conference, he called me up, my friend, and said, Marcus, guess what? He said, what? Or oh, I said, what? And he said, your tape, because they recorded every uh, speech or every talk. Uh, your speech was the most sold speech over the whole weekend Hmm. and then I realized yes all I have to be is me no matter what don't worry about what people may or may not think about the way you talk your accent and whatever it's like it's how God wants to use you and since then I tried not to be somebody else because again I'm never going to be first I'm always going to be second and now doing things what he called me to do is like mind blowing Yeah, that's what I'm going to go after.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's great. What's one podcast that you're listening to now and why?
1: Uh, Mm Bethel. Obviously, it's those messages are just like so uplifting. I've been there many, many times just for vegans and a few conferences, but I just like I love my church, incredible stuff. But there's always more, and I want always more. So if you want more, you just go out and try to get it. And with social media and the technology nowadays, obviously it's so easy. So that's why I listen to those broadcasts every now and then. And just like every time I listen to it, I get exactly what I need. It's yeah. just like God knows I get the desire for it. I listen to it. Boom. He drops it right there.
0: That's great. What is your favorite Bible verse and why?
1: Uh, Bible verse, it's Hebrew thirteen eight. age. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
2: Mm.
1: Once I really realized, if I don't believe this, then forget everything else, literally. If I don't believe that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, I don't believe that he's going to still heal today. So that changed everything. I read it one day, I was like, oh my God, no, he is the same. Mm. After my healing, actually, after seeing my parents pass away, knowing he's a good, good father, and knowing he doesn't make any mistakes then it's so much easier for me to really believe what's in the Bible. Yeah. And then actually also going after it and doing what I, what we read in the Bible, the commission we have, and realizing the spirit that's within us is the same as the one that rose Jesus from the death, all those kind of things. So that's my favorite Bible first. And that's what we have actually as the healing room. First thing on our business cards, Jesus is the same here day to and forever.
0: That's so great. That's so great. What's the best business advice you ever heard?
1: Just going for it. Yeah. Dream big enough or dream bigger. Yeah. Because we don't dream big enough. Yeah. That's our problem. And we don't have because we don't ask. Yeah. We often like, oh, we as Christians, well, that's what I thought for the longest myself. We as Christians not supposed to have any money.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There's nothing wrong with the money if we know how to handle money. Yeah, <clears throat> if we know on how to handle the money, it's not the money handling us. Right. So, it's really just going after it, dream big, and really not leaning on your own understanding. <clears throat> Trusting God, surrendering, and going for it.
0: That's great. And what would, what encouragement would you give someone right now? Let's just talk about healing specifically. What would you, what encouragement would you give to someone right now who is has been praying for healing. Maybe they've been praying for a long time. Maybe they've stopped believing that they mm. can be healed. Mm. What encouragement would you give them right now?
1: The first thing, never give up. Uh, there's so many beautiful stories there, especially parents prayed for years and years and years for their children. And then one day, boom, they mm. got healed. I remember a story back in the days from a woman, 15 years for her son. Mm. If she would have... Stopped praying for her son the day before, she would have never seen her child getting healed. Mm. So it's like so easy for us to give up, to like, oh, I guess it was not meant to be. Yeah. But it's always that perseverance. And that's why when people ask, uh, how can we pray for you? I always like perseverance, that yeah. they never give up. Because yeah. if I pray once and it doesn't happen I would give up, that's not the right thing. Yeah. It's God's timing. So it's really never, never give up.
0: Yeah. I'm going to ask you, um, if you wouldn't mind, before we close, I would really love for you to specifically pray over any listeners who are, who are wanting healing right now. If you'd be willing just to pray a, a prayer for healing mm-hmm. for any of our listeners who might be struggling with something right now. Would that mm-hmm. be all right?
1: Sure, of course. Okay. Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your presence. Thank you for every person who listens to the broadcast. Lord, we don't have to list up and we won't be able to do it anyway, who's listening and what each and every one of them carries, whether it's uh, emotional healing or a physical, saying, Lord, I just pray that you fall right now upon each and every person, that you fill every person with that overwhelming sense of peace only you can give. And I pray in Jesus' name, if there's anything in each and every one of us' body that's not of you, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name it to leave right now in a natural mm-hmm. and supernatural way. If there's something missing, Lord, I pray in your name it to be placed where it needs to be. I pray for a creational miracle in each and every one of us. I pray that you open doors no man can ever shut, doors to be shut no man can ever open again. I pray for that perseverance we just talked about, Lord. I pray for that hunger for more of you and less of each and every one of us. I pray that we're gonna start doing things from this day on we never thought possible, and that we're gonna start saying things we never thought possible. I pray for more sensitivity toward your voice that everybody hears you clearly from this day on in ways like never before. And I pray that there will, nobody of us will ever put a question mark where you put a period. Hmm. That we don't lean on our own understanding just to write history, to write your name all over the place, that wherever we go, we change atmospheres. I thank you for all the testimony coming out of each and every one of us to glorify your name. We pray all this in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. Marcus, thank you so much, and thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you. I'd like to thank my guest, Marcus Kerwald, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Marcus online at dawnsadler.com slash 028. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. The Your Purpose Is Calling podcast is brought to you by our free online training, Create, Commit, Conquer: How to Get Unstuck, Achieve Your Goals, and Fulfill Your Calling. Sign up to attend this free online training at donsadler.com/webinar. This has been the Your Purpose Is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.